back to the OGT podcast. We got Brother Stacy here today. This is Hudson's dad. Hey. Big dog, pastor, everything, man. He's everything. Yeah, we wanted to get into it, um, give my dad's take about some a little bit of things. And uh, what we like to do is we like to ask whoever comes on the show what time you're on. I'm on God's time. Hey, yeah, he's what I'm God. talking about. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, next, our follow-up question is always, we want to get straight into it. What is one piece of advice or something you've heard that has changed the way you look at things? The biggest thing that probably impacted me, and I use it a lot when I'm talking mm -hmm. with you guys and others, is uh, the idea of finding your purpose. Once you know your purpose, then you become a lot more effective in what you're trying to do. Uh, I always say purpose drives passion. Passion sets priorities, and priorities helps you stay on track uh, for your purpose. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Find your purpose, man. So, uh, Dad, tell us about yourself. Give us the rundown, the life story, the testimony. All right. Well, uh, been married to the same woman for twenty, almost seven years. Shout out my mom. And uh, got two kids. One is twenty-three, married, living in Austria. The other is twenty. Correct. And uh, he's doing all kind of crazy stuff, like podcast, <laughs> and uh, about to go into the Marine Reserves. And um, proud owner of a mixed dog named Pete. Uh, always something going on there. And been at First Baptist Batesville here for almost uh, about nine years. Really in Batesville. Yeah, it's flown by. That's crazy. Yeah. So give us give us kind of the testimony. How when did God intervene? Oh well, that's a there's a lot there. I'll try not to go through all the details, but. Um, I always knew God had something for me, uh, more than just what I wanted to do. I'd, I'd wanted to do law, get into politics. I always liked being around people, working with people, talking with people. So that was kind of natural. Um, had youth ministers, pastors uh, speaking into my life and said, I think God has something more for you. I think God wants you to uh, serve in the church and, and possibly pastor. And that really wasn't on my radar. I hadn't thought about that too much. Uh, and then I got into college, got plugged in in campus ministry, uh, BSU back then, BCM now, and uh, started surrounding myself with some godly influences, uh, leadership, had a great uh, BCM director who spoke into my life. And um, we began to pray and uh, seek out spiritual gifts. I'd never taken a spiritual gift inventory. Uh, did some gift inventories and, and started journaling a lot, praying. Just kind of seeking out what God might have for me. Huh. And then um, about my junior year, we were at a leadership retreat, Camp mm -hmm. Perrin, Arkansas. And uh, the gentleman preaching was preaching out of Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. And Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. And you start talking about God's call on your life and how God's call comes with God's counsel and God's guidance. And as he was talking, the Holy Spirit just kind of uh, moved in my heart and, and just started confirming, I've been bringing you to this point for this. I've, I've introduced these people into your life for this. I've brought you through these experiences for this. Um, I've trained you in a godly home. Man, I'm blessed with the best parents a kid could have. Um, and he said, all of this I had done. And the Holy Spirit was just impressive. All of this was to this point. Right. 
and I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel and watch over you, but you have to surrender. Mm -hmm. And so I started battling with that idea of surrender. It was, it was a couple of weeks later, uh, we were at a revival at uh, my home church in Monticello. And uh, I had been a follower of Christ. I'd been baptized when I was eight years old. Uh, but uh, I, had, I had not truly understood what it meant to surrender, what it meant to follow after him. And so I went forward, and uh, a guy who had been mentoring me a lot of my life said, uh, Stacy, what, what are you doing up here? What was God, what was God saying to you? And I said, I think God's calling me into the ministry, mm. but I think I need to get baptized again, not because my salvation wasn't right, but because I want to be completely obedient. And the first thing is, I got to do this. I got to surrender mm. uh, who I am. I got to surrender everything. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to follow that that path. That's right. just right. what I felt led to do. So we did. Uh, my pastor that I grew up under baptized me. And only like two or three months later, I get a call from First Baptist Church Dumas that says, Hey, um, your campus minister gave us your name. We're looking for a, a youth minister to come in and minister with our students. And and I had to pray about that, guys. I mean, I was only like 19. I mean, you know, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm 19. Some of the youth in my group was going to only be about a year or a year and a half younger than me. And I, I was thinking, what do I know to speak into them? And so I talked to the pastor and met with the team, and they really liked me, and I really liked the situation. And so I uh, did that uh, for a few years. And it was, uh, it was in that that the Lord convinced me I was going into ministry full-time. Um, <clears throat> my junior year, going into my senior year, I met Dawn yes, sir. Uh, at UAM, and she was doing youth ministry in Bastrop, Arkansas, uh, Louisiana. And so we began to uh, to talk and, uh, and talk and talk and pray, and that turned into more than just dating, and um, we got engaged. And during that time, I went to seminary, finished college, went to seminary, and um, about halfway through seminary, came back to Arkansas, we got married, moved back, finished seminary. Uh, I'd always thought we were going to do college ministry, mm -hmm. uh, BCM ministry, and uh, God has a way of shutting doors when, when, he, sure. when, he, when he doesn't want that. I didn't get a single interest. I sent out resumes to Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, sent them to all these uh, states uh, with, with campus ministries. I got none, zilch, yeah. nothing. The only, the only person that contacted us was a church in Clarksville, Tennessee. And it was for the ministry, it was for the position they were creating a new young couples ministry and wanted to interview us. And it was either go on that interview or not have anything. So we went on that interview, lo and behold, we liked them, they liked us, they flew us to Tennessee, we met the pastor, we met the church, uh, knew we were supposed to go there. Mm -hmm. Spent a year there, that's where our oldest was born. Moved back to Arkansas, did youth ministry for almost 10 years. Uh, then got called to Fordyce, which was my first pastorate. Was there almost nine years. Um, and uh, then we came to Batesville. We moved to Batesville and Hudson was in fifth grade, and Hannah was in eighth grade, and we've been here ever since. And it's been a it's been a great journey. And my grandpa 
was one of the big people at First Baptist. Yep. And I think was was I one of the first people that he introduced you to? Right. You were one of the first people I got introduced to. Yep. Okay. Dave Dave was a big part of First Baptist. Well, Dave's Dave's dad, your great grandfather. Mm -hmm. Pastored First Baptist, mm -hmm. I think, uh, late seventies, thirty years, thirty eight, something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, Parkers were always a big part of First Baptist. I want to ask you what, because you're talking about young couples. What is your mm -hmm. best dating advice for people our age? Okay, um, first, um, don't go out with people who don't share your value in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying you, you can't go and hang out with them, but I'm saying don't invest your life in someone whose life's not invested in Christ. Mm. Uh, when Paul talks about not being unequally yoked, it's, it's not just marriage, but it's it's anybody that you'd link your life to. Right. Um, hang around trash, and I like trash. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not condemning people who aren't believers, not at all. I was there at one point until God made right. Himself known to me. But, but I'm just saying, when you're dating someone who doesn't share your worldview, Caleb, uh, then they don't think like you mm. about anything. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not saying you, you shun them. That, that's, not my, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But you, you don't link yourself emotionally, uh, physically. And of course, you can't link yourself spiritually because they're not, they're not where, right. where you are. Yeah. Mm. That's important. So unequally yoked. Yeah. Stay, stay with your people. Right? Stay away. Now, what advice would you give to just somebody our age? What is something that you say right. you struggled with or whatever, mm -hmm. and what would you do different? Man, if, if I could turn back time, Hudson. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good song. Cher sang that years ago. <laughs> if I could turn back time, uh, I would tell 20-something-year-old me, um, spend more time in your relationships on kingdom things. Uh, and I'm not saying don't enjoy, the, you know, you guys play basketball. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, but you can use basketball as a ministry, you know. You, right. That's you play, my plan. You, you play ball, you sit around, you talk about life, you start building relationships. Um, I wish I'd have been more intentional mm. about stuff. Yeah. Um, because I had relationships then I don't have now. And even though I know some of those people, I still can't go back and pick right back up where we were. I'll never have the influence then that I have now, and I wish I'd used that influence more for kingdom things and relationships, to, to know a lot more people were walking with God. Um, and, and here's the thing, I always thought I'd do that later. Right. I always thought, well, you know, I'm only 20 now. I got a lot have of things. Fun. Yeah, I got a lot of things I want yeah. to do. I'll, I'll do that stuff later. But here's what I learned. Anything that you keep putting off, you never really do. And so, cool. um, learning, learning to to attack those moments. Carpe diem if you want to, to seize that day. Uh, because here I am almost 50. I don't have the energy I had when I was 20. Mm -hmm. I don't have the relationships I had when I was 20. So using my youth to be, impactful. To be more impactful. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, That's good stuff. Now, when looking where you are now, what is something, you, what is something you'd say to somebody your age? Oh, gosh. Um, we got people older than us. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say... Um, one thing about being almost 50 is I'm learning the value of looking back. Um, I don't, I don't live in the past, but I, I look back. Uh, and 
I look back at things I wish I had done different. Mm-hmm. Um, even even things with you and Hannah, uh, things I wish I had done different. Uh, that I have the wisdom now that when I have grandkids come into my life, I'm going to be able to do some things different with them. Yeah. That I didn't do. The other thing I would say is, um, at every at every stage, we're legacy builders. Um, right now, where I am, someone else watching who's my age, we're legacy builders. We're we're actually building a legacy that. Our kids are going to catch on to, grandkids are going to catch on to, and uh, being careful in the way we live that life. And because uh, now I'm, I'm kind of more in a coaching mode when it comes to you and your sister, and your parents are the same way. Mm-hmm. More of a coaching mode uh, because the, the authoritative one has changed some, but it's so it's more of a coaching of saying, you might want to consider this, you might want to think about this because it's going to have some consequences to it. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd especially say, you know, like you talk about like looking in the past. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking in the past. Like a lot of people are like, oh, forget the past. I don't think you should. Forget you can learn from that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good things you can learn from it. And, and that's the benefit of it, Caleb. There's, there's benefits of looking back for learning purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't look back and linger. Right. Because, um, you know, we've had long conversations about the past. Mm-hmm. It, one of my favorite quotes is there's a reason your windshield's 70 times bigger than your rearview mirror uh, because it's good to check your mirror but you got to watch where you're going mm-hmm. and 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 so I think you know it's it's wise to learn from those things don't linger over don't dwell right yeah don't linger over now that I got this question that's I like to ask different people but would you say there's more in your life that you regret doing or things you regret not doing not doing yeah I think there's two types of regrets in life. There's a short term and a long term. The short term regrets are those things you did you wish you didn't do. Right. The long term regrets are those things you didn't do, but you spend the rest of your life wishing you had. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell I tell you this a lot. Uh, you're not going to be 20 forever. Um, use your singleness and your availability to do the things you want to do now, because at some point God will probably bring a, a lady into your life, and you'll have the opportunity to start a family, and those are great things. Um, but use your now to impact your later. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, now you're at a point in your lives where you can do podcasts, you can do mission trips, you, mm-hmm. can, you can go because if God calls you, you don't have to say, well, let me check with the wife. Let me right. check with, you know, so using what you have now, uh, making the most of that opportunity, um, and, and those seeds you're planting are going to grow something really well in the future. Right. Well, I've seen a lot of people, like, I, I've just seen a lot of people, like, if they're single, like, oh, I want to be married, oh, I want to have a relationship, mm-hmm. oh, I want to have this, and, like, as a person that's single, I never realized how much free time you have yeah. when you're single, and, like, I'm grateful for my yeah. free time, because I began to, like, understand who I am more, right. and what I want to do, and things, and, like, I don't know, like, I just, I don't think, I try to view things as, like, if you're married, it's a blessing, mm-hmm. if you're single, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, yeah. that's right. Yeah, wherever you're at. Yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, in, where was I, in Georgia or Alabama for our... Uh, you're almost in Georgia, in the corner, but northeast Grove. Uh, right, right. We were there. Um, this was when I, it was a debrief when I got back from Africa. And this missionary came and talked about doing a two-year program. <laughs> and I remember I was like, you know, I could be a missionary, but I need a wife. I can't just go alone. <laughs> and I remember... Uh, <laughs> She was like, she she said, does anybody have any questions while she was giving her presentation? I was like, yeah, if I was married, could I bring my wife? 
and, or I said, can I bring a wife? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would, we would be able to sponsor that and take care of that. And our buddy look over at me and he goes, brother, you don't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I learned from that. And then afterwards I was talking to that same buddy and he was like, Hudson, would you be willing to be a missionary? And I was like, you know, I think I could do it if I had a wife. And he's like, that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. We're supposed to go. Don't, I mean, don't put qualifiers on that. Right, right. right. If God says do this, yeah. you say how high. You say, God says jump, you say how high. Right? Ooh. It's just kind of one of those things you got to be able to, what is it, 99% obedience is 100% disobedience? Yeah, it's still yeah. 100% disobedience. That's yeah. full surrender is hard, but. Dad, when would you say your Jonah moment was? Mm. When you're running and. Yeah. Um, I think it was. Um, I think it was definitely about my junior year in college. Um, I, I really thought I would be doing law school. I really did. And, uh, but the, the call and the draw of God was so strong. Mm -hmm. Just in the people around me. Yeah, how, um, explain. Go into sure. that a little bit. Yeah. The I, call. I had, um, I had people who saw it before I really did. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's one of, the, one of the guys that spoke into my life a lot was a man named Bill Smith. And Bill Smith always tells the story about knowing God's will. He said, knowing God's will is like captaining a ferry boat. When a ferry comes in the harbor, the captain looks for markers uh, to let him know how close to the dock he is and, and how close to port. And these markers, you know, they're kind of spaced out. He, he knows if he hits the first one right, that the idea is that the second one will hit right and he'll mm -hmm. hit the third one and it'll bring him safely in. And he said, knowing God's will and following God's will is a lot like that. You pray, you stay in the word, and you listen to godly counsel. Three markers. Mm -hmm. Three markers to help keep, keep the boat moving in the right direction. And he said, God's word will never be different than God's will because God's word is God's will. Mm -hmm. God's, God's voice and prayer will never be different in God's word and God's 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 man will, will be faithful to speak those things yes sir and so I had those three things in my life uh, in my youth minister in my friend Bill and in my campus minister uh, Daryl Cook and so they you know God used all of those men along with another guy Jeff Noble who came into my life after Daryl as a campus minister um, to mark those things in my life um uh, and you know I can't put enough premium on godly parents. Uh, my mom and dad are just the best. And and uh, you talk about his dad a lot. Yeah, <laughs> my dad's it's one of my best friends. My dad spoke wisdom in my life, continues to speak wisdom in my life, and so I had all those things, those markers that my friend Bill used to talk about. And so that was a lot of it, uh, discerning God's will. And um, you know, I think Dawn was probably kind of the last piece uh, when she came into my life and um, God just kind of said yeah I've got a call on her life too hmm. and, and that just kind of just kind of all nice together now yeah. going back to that Jonah mm -hmm. when was the running what were you it was it was it was that junior year uh, I, um, I I would hear those guys speak in my life I go no nah. Yeah, that's how you that's, that's not me. That's not me. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. You got the wrong guy. Yeah, you know this this whole thing of of of, of all of that, um, but you know, it it was hard to run uh, because God had just kind of walled me in with all these people, 
uh, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those ideas when uh, you know, you know, uh, one man or two men race and you're tied together with somebody else and you had to work together to get yeah, three legged three legged race. That's what I'm trying to say. That three legged race. Well, you know, I was like I was tied to God and I couldn't right. couldn't couldn't get pulled away. You, know? you can try, but yeah, no, find and and um, you know, I'm I just think when when God has a call on your life, whether it's full time in, in the church ministry, whether it's sports evangelism through FCA, whether it's uh, military ministry, whether it's missions work here, overseas, whatever it is, whatever the call is, God's going to find a way to to bring you from from Joppa back to Nineveh, mm -hmm. and and. Um, He's going to shut doors or open doors. He's, he is. Uh, yeah. Revelation says that when God closes a door, it cannot be opened. When God opens a door, it cannot be closed. And I think it's one of those things of, uh, if you're using those markers, you're, you know, it's not like God just has this one little thing. And God can use our life for a lot of things. And using those markers to, to kind of find our way through to it. Speaking on that, what would you, especially like, I guess it's directed more towards young people. What would you say the best way to get closer to Jesus is and to like become a more godly man? Stay on track, too. Yeah, because you, I mean, you're a godly man. Like, and we would like to know how to do be, be in the Word mm. every day. Caleb, I see you post all the time about passages you're reading and things you're learning from it. Be in the Word. You'll never know God's will if you're not in the Word because the Word is His will. Mm -hmm. And it, it tells you how to respond to God. It tells you how to influence others through your life. It tells you how to be um, a good a good neighbor, a good friend, a good son, good buddy. You know, um, it's it's God's revelation to us. It's His light for us and a path for you, us to follow. You're going to interpret it how God wants you to as mm -hmm. well, because different scriptures can mean different things to different people, right? Yeah, and and, and don't just read a. Don't just don't just read a verse and walk away. Read a verse, and then read the verses around it. Read a chapter and read the chapters around it. Everything's in context. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a reason. There's a reason the canon of Scripture was put together like it was. It was inspired by God, and He used men to do it. But I mean, you don't you don't take a passage out of John and a passage out of out of Habakkuk and try to. <laughs> to marry those two things together right. because God's message to Habakkuk was at a different time than God's message in John. Now, God's word's timeless. Oh. Uh, we, we can take take the word of God. It's sharper than two-edged sword, dividing truth. We can apply it to all aspects of our life, but it was written for context. Yes. And when you read Habakkuk, you have to read Habakkuk realizing the setting in which God was speaking, mm -hmm. even though those truths are universal, it was addressing a very specific issue in the life of Israel. So, um, be in the word, but but don't be careless with it. Don't so just understand it and then apply. It. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't just throw the book open and say, okay, I'm just going to read here today. <laughs> um, you know, it's like one guy who said, I'm going to I'm going to read scripture that way. He just threw the Bible open and said, Judas went out and hung himself. And he said, Oh, I don't like that, so he dropped it again. Looked through there, and he, the next passage he pointed to said, Go there likewise. And so you know, it was it was that idea. Of it can be dangerous that way. Uh, Judas hung himself. Go do the same thing. Well, you know, <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, so you have to be careful with the way you handle scripture. Um, it's, you know, 
God helped us to understand you don't have to have a priest between you and God. Jesus Christ is our high priest that takes us to the Father. Yes, sir. Um, but you have pastors in your life to help you when you have questions and struggles over Scripture. You have mentors in your life that you can go to and you can speak to about Scripture. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that I was telling Hudson about the other day, uh, get a Bible that, that's got a great commentary in it. It's got great cross-references so you can read Scripture and, and find other places in Scripture where that is put in and because uh, it helps you with context and helps you with, with studying the Word, but also a commentary, and it helps you to study understand. Bible. Yeah. Study Bibles are awesome. Uh, so I'd say be in the Word, journal. Um, be in the Word and journal because it's one thing to read it. Journaling helps you take it in, process it, and, mm -hmm. and put it out on paper because uh, you're forced to think about it. Don't just, you know, don't just, Bible apps are good. I'm not knocking them at all. I, 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 I do some Bible apps, but there's a difference between opening your Bible app, reading a thought and walking away, and then opening up the word and marking things up and then writing it down. Um, one helps you internalize what you're, what you're thinking about and being able to express it and put it into paper and give it application. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no telling what I've read on here and then just totally forgot about sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, and, and I'm not knocking Bible apps. They're no. great, but um, stop, think about what you did, wrote it, write it down. Um, the Word is supposed to indwell us, so therefore it calls on us to dwell on it so that it can indwell mm -hmm. in us. Um, you know, there's one thing for you to be preoccupied and I'm talking to you and you only get part of what I'm saying, and another thing for you to be locked in. Yes, sir. And, and, and you get what I'm saying. You know, if we're not careful, we'll check off our Bible study time just because we want to so you did it. We want to check right. it off. Yeah, yeah, we, we got it done. There's a, there's a difference in being locked in. Being yeah, intentional. That's right. Exactly. You, you know, I was looking at my Bible the other day, and I was sitting there looking, and I was like, this is seriously God's Word. Yes. Like, it just hit me. Like, there's no telling how many times I got my Bible and threw it on the couch or put it in my back seat, you know? Or, like, stack some on top of it. And I'm just like, I look at it, and I'm like, this is from His mouth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on... It's just, it, yeah. it's unbelievable and, to think about that. And dude, I want to say, like, I've thought lately about, especially, like, with the way the world is today, the world kind of tells you. I went to Passion, and Louis Giglio, we, we, we were talking about mm -hmm. this. Louis Giglio gave a message, uh, uh, finding the story of me and the story of thee. And mm -hmm. he was just talking about how, like, like, I just don't understand what, I don't know what I'd do with my life if I didn't have the Bible. I really don't. It's like, it's literally like our God to life. Yeah. And I think that in today's world, a lot of people are like, like, uh, like I don't know. I just I don't know what I would do. I really man, don't. Purpose is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That me, me and Dad hit on that all the time because that's really what impacted me is finding my purpose. And mm -hmm. a man that has his purpose is dangerous. Yeah, and once it, you know it, man, yeah. It's just yeah. that that takes over your whole life and puts everything in priority. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's able to really get your life together with that. And wouldn't you say there's a difference? And tell me if I'm wrong. Do you, is, would you say there's a difference between your purpose and your calling? I think uh, I think your cur your calling will drive your purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, um, let's say um, you know your grandfather for years was an FCA because mm -hmm. uh, he loved sports and he loved the gospel. And so, let's say your passion is sports. Let's say God does something uh, with your calling mm -hmm. that's involving you in sports ministry, whether that's coaching or whatever that looks like. Um, because that's your calling, your purpose is going to be very defined. It's going to be 
investing in the lives of young people mm -hmm. for kingdom for kingdom growth. And I've often said this: coaches have more impact on more people than just about any profession, because um, a lot of my life lessons I learned from my football coach. Mm -hmm. uh, still hold him in the highest regards to this day. Same thing with you in basketball. Same thing with you in baseball and different things. Coaches that spoke into your life. Uh, if you're if you're blessed to have a coach who spoke good things into your life, you loved it. Uh, for those coaches, maybe that didn't you all so well with you. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't so great, but you remember the impact. And and um, I'm just telling you, coaches have a huge impact on the life mm -hmm. of people. Um, and it's a platform, but it's a platform you use for the kingdom. For and sure. so the calling, you know, a lot of people say, well, I wasn't called to preach. It's, calling is not about a box. It's not putting you in a box that says all you can do if you're called to serve in a church. When God calls you into the ministry, the goal is to make a lot of Christ and to build the kingdom, whether it's in military or whether it's in uh, college or whether it's in basketball or other sports or whether it's in college mm -hmm. ministry the one thing I learned was I, I thought I was going to be a college minister God said no that's not how you're going to affect collegiates you're going to affect collegiates through the local church mm -hmm. and I did it for years through youth ministry and even now as a pastor I'm very involved in collegiate ministry here in Batesville uh, my passion for seeing college students grow in Christ didn't wane mm -hmm. uh, but my calling started guarding and right. started, started guiding the passion. Mm -hmm. what, what would you say your purpose is then? My purpose is to make Christ known to as many people as I possibly can. And to do that through teaching the word and building relationships. I love that so much. I mean, you've heard Tim Tebow say it all the time. Love God and love people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, what, and I know we're almost done, but what would you say, like, give it a very simple description of what love God and love people really means I think it's very I think it's very succinct Jesus says um, in the gospel of first John uh, I think it's first John 4 how can you love God whom you've not seen if you can't love your brother who you do see mm. Wow and God says they will know you by your love not right. know, not know you by your wisdom not know you by your your um, niceness or your power, your persuasiveness, know you by your love. People aren't going to remember what you said to them, but how you made them feel. That's what that's what Miss Ripke said. Yeah. yeah, and now I want to be careful with that. It's it's not all about making people feel good because there's sometimes right, right. yeah in love you, you you have to tell truth. Speak, speak the truth in love. That's right. Yeah. We we said this conversation before we went on air. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's one of those things where if you're blessed enough to have someone that will speak truth into your life. Don't mistake that for a lack of love. Right. Appreciate that because it is love. Mm -hmm. What my grandpa did. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it because it yeah. is love. Amen. Yeah. Well, Dad. Hey, guys. Enjoyed it. Well, I love having you here. Man, yeah. Enjoyed yeah. it. That's my man. Let us know if you have any questions. This guy's got some answers for you. He's got, you know, 24-hour access. DM him. Yeah. <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning, give him a call. Bro Stacy on Instagram. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Y'all take it easy. All right. See y'all. Later. That was awesome.